Mark Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Councillor Ahmad Tarak. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ala nasalim to all our radio listeners. Alhamdulillah, it's a beautiful Saturday morning, Shabbat. Alhamdulillah, you know, I'm very pleased to have you back because we are trying to maintain the legacy of our brother Shafa'at Ahmad Khan. May Allah Azza wa Jalla give him the highest abode in Jannah. Now, um, Councillor, I know that before we go into politics, you discuss the latest issues that's affecting, uh, you know, our uh, affairs related to burial. So uh, you could start with that and then, inshallah, we go on with the political uh, issues. Alhamdulillah, Mulana, at the moment, things are in the burial, in the Dafn Cup side, it's all steady at the moment. There is one or two issues that has come through to me during the course of the week. Now the Department of Health are insisting they need a letter from Jemental Olama or one of the our one of our institutes to say why we are asking for our bodies to be expedited in terms of postmortem, which I've done this week. I've got Molana Abdullah Khan from the Jemental Olama to give me a letter which is already been sent to them. So, inshallah, that will be ease our problem because as they have our Sharia law, in terms of our law, we need to, you know, hasten towards the cemetery, do the postmortem as quick as possible, do the janazah, and take it to the masjid from there to the home, uh, and, I mean, to the kabristan as quick as possible. So, this is one of the issues. The other issue is we've been trying for the last two to three years to to not to do postmortem on our uh, brothers and sisters when they have an unnatural cause. Um, so that we, I had a look last year, I went overseas to have a look at a machine that is where you will not be able to be able to avoid opening the, the, the rib cage, what we call it, the rib cage and the skull, where we have to do the post And we are well, we on, on track for that. We're just now waiting for the Department of Health and the Justice Department to give us a go-ahead to say that, okay, we will be able to use that machine in South Africa. But at the same token, you need to under- we need to understand that by bringing in this machine, there will be a lot of jobs lost in the mosque. So we are saying to the Department of Health and Justice Department, we will try and curb the, 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 uh, the loss of jobs, but it will expedite a lot of the issues that we are having in terms of delay. In some cases, delays are going to three and four days. And, you know, we have got a standing rule. Anybody that comes to the mortuary from seven in the morning and before six in the evening, they are compelled to do the postmortem. Now, now you, you're getting new guys coming into the fold of the Department of Health and Justice. They saying, you know, the other legend, uh, like what we had a problem in Cape Town. Uh, we had 18 bodies about, a year, about two years ago. And I flew down from Durban with my uh, advocate to go and take them on. And eventually, alhamdulillah, with the help of Allah, we managed to, to release all 18 bodies over over the weekend. And they worked through the night as well. And all 18 bodies, before I left to come back to Durban on Monday, all the bodies were released. Now, we need to exercise our right in terms of our Sharia law that why we want those bodies to be released quick as possible. 
Now, this is the problem. Now, when you get new managers, new GM coming into the mortuaries and all that, they keep now, we have to restart the whole process again, educate them why we have to do it as possible and all that. But inshallah, with the help of Allah, we are winning. So we are going to eventually roll up a policy for nationally. So from this radio station also, inshallah, we'll be able to assist the community throughout the country with the new policies which will be coming immediately after, about a couple of months after the election. So we are just waiting what is the outcome of the election, who's coming in, and how we'll be able to mobilize the Department of Health Justice Department to get our side organized properly, inshallah. Now, inshallah, let us deal with some of the political issues as we know that during this week on two occasions this itikweni municipality uh, you know discovered that there's stealing going on there was stealing of ccv cameras cctv cameras and stealing of uh, diesel also now can our councillor ahmad par comment on how does this go on you know there's stealing going on and what security measures are there in place uh, that uh, uh, to to protect uh, the loss of these valuables that get stolen right. what we did in council last year a full council has taken a decision we renewed our entire camera system in the whole of the city it made it so easy even now you're, you 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 won't be able to see see some of the cameras when you're driving on on, on our national uh, you know freeways and and Durban and surrounding. We got hidden cameras underneath the bridges and all that. You know, I don't even know that's how it is because what we have done is we got an outsourced company. They came and did it for for the city like what they have done in Joburg as well. So they maintain that thing. It's like you on a service contract basis. So what happens is. Now, this guy who was in the, in the, in the, in the uh, council who controls all the camera systems and everything. So we made sure that nobody knows the linkage, how the whole system works. If there's a problem, you have to phone them. They will come immediately and solve the problem. So what this guy has done, he has cut the wires off completely. So the sabotage is taking place. It makes it easier for the for the thieves to go and attack certain roads, certain houses, or certain area and sh- some shopping centers, so that they won't be able to pick it up. So we they went on the one first occasion, the second occasion, the third occasion they had to do a complete check from A to Z, and they picked up this is what it was happening and how they were actually sabotaging that the system, and the guy was caught. But there's not one guy in this whole mix. There's a few people that we have, the, but the main guy, the kingpin, we have got now. And they have already started rolling up uh, warrant of errors and everything has taken place in the last couple of days. So that's where we are at the moment and the guy is being arrested and now it's, it's, it's under control. So we are keeping a very close watch on all these things. At the same token, let me also advise our listeners, we had a similar problem in Berlin. They, you know, we got at the city, we bought 64 new water tankers to assist the whole city with water. You know, we have a massive problem with water at the moment. We are losing in the region of about 51% of our water. It's costing us, we're losing 1 billion rand a year 
just on water wastage. If you go to our roads and all, you'll see the waters, water is leaking. But by the time we fix that down the road of half, half a meter or down the road, there's another leak. So this is a, the whole infrastructure in terms of water is a problem. So in this Verlam issue, where the pumps are actually, they, what they have done is we've got 64 water tankers from the city, which the council rules in. Then we had to hire additional uh, water tankers to assist because our 64 couldn't cope. So when we hired the additional ones, these guys, what they have done, they sabotaged the main pump system and they closed the valve. Now, this valve they closed, they didn't close it for one month or two months. They closed it just under a couple of months. Now, we were trying to figure out where is this problem. They brought the guys. Now, the engineers and all that who come and they go because, you know what, this is like a mafia-run issue, this, this water tanker business. So when they found out, then the community made a big sing song about this whole thing, and they went and stole for themselves, and that's how they went with the uh, the, the mayor with the city manager, and when they found it, it didn't even take them a couple of minutes to open the valve. The, whole, the people in Vellum started getting water. So this is the problem that we have in in council at the moment. It's a lot of sabotage that is taking place because job propels tenders there so that he will get their job. You know, outsourcing guys will will get the job and all. That is the problem. So the idea what we are doing at the moment is. Top management, we are now scrutinizing them, checking them where the department is falling short of giving service delivery. If that can be fixed, then down the line we'll be able to fix our problem, inshallah. Now, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah besides you know this uh, negative news that we are getting, there's also some positive uh, things that are happening. Like uh, one of the things that came about this week, was that Itikweni launches first phase of Shongweni project, the first phase of the multi-billion rand Shongweni urban development project has been launched, and Itikweni Mayor uh, Kuanda says this stage of the 2,000 hectare project will include the retail high street of um, West Town Square, a new hospital, residential apartments, as well as commercial business and logistic sub-precincts. He says once all phases are completed, it's anticipated 30 job. He uh, anticipates 30,000 jobs will be created. Can you elaborate on the Shangweni project? They mentioned Ward 7 and Ward 103. So for the benefit of the listeners, you could also uh, uh, tell us which ward is known as Ward 7 and 103. Molana, this Shengweni, uh, when you're driving up, as soon as you're passing Hillcrest near Hillcrest, the next town is Shengweni. Now, this was being earmarked a few years ago. The problem that we are faced here with this project will eventually now they have get got the right people on board. This project will take but whether it's going to start in the next month, two months, three months, we, I cannot tell you that, but it is still on the pipeline. In terms of creating jobs, yes, it can create a lot of jobs. It is in a, in a very close vicinity to what, 107 and 103, that is uh, primarily black townships, 
so they will be able to assist in terms of job creation. That is very, very important. But the factor that's the problem that we are faced with. To get anything done at the moment, you can have all the money and, and, and all the funding coming from internationally. Uh, there's big funders here in South Africa as well. To get it off the ground, that's where our problem is coming. Now, the thing is this, there's always too much of red tape in getting these projects uh, up and running quick as possible. That is where we are saying now, when you have a project, we have a special cluster, especially for the major big, big projects, the catalytic programs. They need to expedite it from there so that things start happening. Because if you're looking at currently, we got 42% of our country is unemployed at the moment. How are you going to sustain when you have major problems like this? So this is a problem. This is a very, very good pro program that has been initiated a few years ago. Eventually, it has been proved by, by the council. It is in the, in the pipeline to get it up and running. There's other projects as well, the Duba Trade Port, the Virginia Airport, the Cato Ridge uh, Dry Port, and, and the Ilovo Otter Supplier Park Center. Now, all the, if you take the Ilovo one, uh, you, the American company, they were supposed to have put this thing one three years ago. Ford was supposed to put the state-of-the-art manufacturing plant like what Toyota has got. They have pulled back a little bit because of the uncertainty in the country at the moment. That's where our major problem is coming. And if you take Durban, Durban in Africa, we are the biggest port and the busiest port. But we got ships waiting outside to enter the, the, the port. We got 16 to 30 ships any one time waiting to come to the port. Now, why is this? Is a pro the problem is now they have given it to a Chinese consortium to assist to, to rebuild our port system. Now, the danger part of this year, Molana, is Chinese, they will put the money, and they got their money. They put the money in the country. They put money into two major projects in the country. Molana, one is the airports. You tell them to do an airport, they'll bring in billions of rent, and they'll fix your airport. They'll make it like... Dubai airport or, or, or uh, the UK airport, uh, they will do it here. But, and the other one is they will do the, our ports. So in other words, they'll put in the money. Eventually, if you cannot pay, or they'll do an agreement, an MOU, a, me a memorandum of understanding between both the parties, the government and them, and say down the line, Allah forbid, you cannot pay. They, they hold on to these two major assets of our country so they control it. Because whatever you, all of the visitors are coming, they're controlling the visitors that are coming to South Africa, and they're controlling all the goods that is coming from internationally into our ports. So who benefits? The Chinese will benefit because now you need to buy more Chinese because you're getting your goods coming faster into the country. That is the problem. So people, you need to read in between their lines, how they structure their, their operation in any country for their own gain. This is where we're saying in council too, you know, we must, we are insisting we want a label 
made in South Africa. Take 20 years ago, Morana, 200,000 people were in the clothing industry. Today, we don't even have 55,000 in the clothing industry. There's only 460 factories in the whole country. Now, this is a major problem for us because that clothing industry was the major employer in, in the sector. Now, all that is lost because now we're importing from Bangladesh, we're importing from China, we're importing, employing, uh, importing from all over the world just to bring made-up garments here. Yet we can make better garments and cheaper garments in our own country, providing we get the fabric from overseas, create the employment. That's where I'm fighting with government to say, why do we have to import when we can make good garments here made with a label made, made in South Africa? That's what we want. Take this election, Molana. They imported a couple of million T-shirts from China. Yet, how many thousand people could have been employed to make these T-shirts for the, for the election? Now, that is a, a, a problem. You know, you might find me, I'm always negative. I'm fighting for the cause because we want employment. If you employ a person, one person look after 10 people in their household. That is the problem. Now, if you, that one person is not employed, 10 people are suffering in one house. Yeah. And uh, what's strange is, you know, this uh, motor cars, these imported Toyotas particularly, it, they don't allow that to be sold in South Africa because Toyota had a problem that if they you know, allow the sales of that in the country, then they are going to put off uh, staff because people would prefer buying that it's cheaper. But how they allowed it in the clothing industry and even the shoe industry, because Peter Maritzburg has once at once was, you know, the hub for manufacturing shoes and most of the people they were employed in the leather industry. That, that's one. Well, even Toyota today, you know, I'm very close to, to Durban, Toyota, Nasser Aku and, 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 and the boys there. And, and, and I've been speaking to them and you'll find most of the components and everything are coming where you, you should be able to do the same components in South Africa. And they're getting some of their vehicles are fully imported coming from, from, from overseas, from, from, from Japan, when we could have, we are making it. They're only making the basic vehicles here now at the moment, especially the quantum buses, the, the Toyotas and all that. But the other vehicles and all, they're, they're importing all the SUVs and all are coming uh, from, from uh, Japan. So that employment, now they're saying because of now, I agree, there's a problem with the electricity. We cannot give them enough uh, electricity. Then we had the storms two years ago that has caused a real, real um, damage to their plant and all that. We understand climate change is there. That is not in our hands. It's in the hands of Allah. But the issue is we can, our government is not working hand in hand with the business sector. Work with the international industries in South Africa as well as abroad so that we will be able to do partnership and let them invest yeah, so that we will be able to in employ more people. That is our issue. That's where we are fighting for because eventually in some, like any other country, everything is important. What is going to be left in this country? If you take steel, 
Metal Steel is closing up in, in, in Esco in Newcastle. I, I was in the Maya this week, and my, my, my family is there from Newcastle and Falkers and all that. I was telling, speaking to them, they were telling me, you know, Uncle Ahmed, that, you know, Metal Steel is closing up. They already, by, in the next couple of months, they'll be gone. So even steel we're importing from China and all over the world. Where we will, at one stage we were we were manufacturing all our steel here in the country, so that is a, a, a that is a problem that we are faced with, and nobody seems to the government is not taking heed of that because long as they got them they, they, the ministers and the president everybody is covered, they don't care. Long as the money is coming in and that look, looking after their coffers, they're happy. Now, another positive thing that came about during the week is something that they call the DDM. Um, This uh, government's new district development model rolled out in Itikwani, Durban. Can uh, uh, Brother Ahmad uh, elaborate on that? Monana, I was in a meeting last week, Sunday, which they called a smart city. They're going to be rolling out, and this is not their money or anything. It's, it's, South Africa is not doing it or anything. They don't even have the money for this. And if you've seen, you heard this week, we, we, if South Africa is tapping with the, in, into the Reserve Bank, what that tells you that we are we in Sakrat at the moment because now we don't have money. We are borrowing from the Reserve Bank. And it's costing us 1 billion rands a month only servicing interest. That's it. As far as the smart city is concerned, they put a hospital, they will put up housing there, they will put up, they, 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 they're doing one in Eastern Cape, and they were going, doing one in Nangoma, and there, was, there will be one or two in the, in the city that is going to be done. This is, is, is an African initiative program that has been, there's millions of rent, there's some kings and queens and all are involved. I was in a meeting with them last week, Sunday, and they rolled it out to me regarding the whole um, program, how they want to do it. So our city is already engaged with them, and that is going to be a big thing. But at the same token, we must understand, Monana, you know, there's so many counts, I mean, so many, so many shopping centers are, are, are up at the moment. It will come in the next four to five years, it will come like America. America and most of the countries in the, in the, in the, in the European countries, the shopping centers are being converted into office blocks. The reason is everything is online. Nobody wants to go to the shopping centers and all. There will be still shops and some top shopping centers and all that, but it will be eliminated. And this is going to be, you will find so many shopping. Today you've got a variety of good shopping centers you want to go. You'll look first, which is the safest one closest to you and all that you take into account. So, you know, I don't know when last I've been to a supermarket because, you know what, today is everything online, anything the wife wants, they just, uh, it's 30 minutes, they, they, it's, it's delivered here. So, you know, and they've got a program you don't even pay uh, to get the delivery uh, done, providing you have that card. So, you know, Molana, the issue is, yes, it is a very, very good initiative. Housing want to go there, factories want to go there, hospital want to go there, school they want to build. All that is very well, well done to South Africa to engage with them and to do an MOU. 
But when he's going to kick off, that we can't say because, you know, in government, it, one day job can take one month, one month job can take one year. So this is how it is at the moment. And the greatest fear is the amount of money. You know, like the other issue that we just spoke about, that Shangweni project, they're speaking about the, like 30 billion. Would, would the, you know, that money be kept safe until the project is on, on the ground rolled out? Or is it going to disappear while waiting? Well, I don't think this is not a, a, a it is that it's what the government has done here. They have to, you, you, I'll, I'll give you a good uh, scenario. If you take our Ilangani Hotel in the beachfront and our Marani Hotel, up till last year, what what do you think, Molana, they were paying rent for those two buildings? They were paying uh, us three and a half thousand rent. Yeah, and those are so buildings we were, we were that, you know, probably rent. their rent should be like half a million. Yeah. Etiguini municipality was collecting seven, seven grants a month only on rent. But, but the project, when it went up many years ago, that was, they, they had to identify the land. The city gave them the land and they put two of the most beautiful hotels in, in, in the city. So now the term, have, the term has expired. Now they, they, they had other people that, that came, uh, tended for that day. We were, we were not happy. We said in, in council, that leave it with the Sun International. They, they, that, is the port, they, that is the portfolio. They know how to handle hotels, resorts. They know what they are doing. So leave it with them. So we fought in council, and they, we, we ex, we're going to be extending the lease for, for another uh, 25 years. And uh, with a new rental, obviously, they're not going to pay the seven grand for the two hotels now. They will put pay into the new, new, new rates of the hotel. Part of this, uh, if you take the, this money, yes, this money will be safe because it is a private company, management company who's holding this money. It's not the city or, or, or the government is going to hold it. The government is only providing them the, the, the 2,000 hectares of land, and that's it. And they're doing an MOU with the government to say, you give me the land, we'll put the project up, and we will employ 30,000 people. That is how the, the, uh, it's going to be on a long-term basis. They give you a 99-year lease, and that's how we normally do it. So, uh, inshallah, Brother Ahmad Parak, we will engage in more discussions next week because the time allocated for this segment called Straight Talk has now come to an end. We will continue with our discussions on burial, burial issues and political issues uh, next Saturday, the same time, inshallah. Uh, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, brother Ahmad Park. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaah.